0: You know, uh, a couple times I've noticed that Kim has mentioned, or someone has mentioned, you know, we have to do things differently. There was a thought that had come to my mind early this morning as I was reviewing this message that sometimes we make the ideal into an idol. Not much in terms of spelling between ideal and idol but as jeremy mentioned there last week in his message that sometimes successes in the past become a stumbling block for the future and we have been going through this prayer of jesus and I mentioned to you that I intended on starting somewhere else in that same chapter, but the Lord kind of brought me to the very beginning, and here we are. This is the third or fourth message into it. And they just seem, at least in my own personal study, they just seem to be speaking to me powerfully. And this will have, give you an opportunity to respond to bless your bubble. You've come in a bubble, and we know that we need to do things differently, and you'll have an opportunity to bless your bubble. A little later, I'll talk also about uh, drinking while you drive. You're thinking like, what in the world are we getting at that church? Well, you'll see in just a minute. So this prayer of Jesus, we're applying it to our lives. We said things like this in weeks past. We said that Jesus looked up in prayer before he moved out in mission. He always committed himself in transition. He trained his disciples. And before he goes to the cross, which would happen in the very next week, he looks up to heaven before he moves out in that transition to ministry or mission. We said a couple weeks ago, we said this particular statement, also flowing out of this chapter 17, a prayer, God's ultimate plan for you is his intimate plan with you. And we talked about from this prayer what we learned about how Jesus loves us how the Father has always loved you if you were here today. And now we move through the chapter. We've gone through the first eight verses. We pick up in the ninth verse. And those of you online, good morning. We are glad that you are worshiping with ACC. The Bible says this in John chapter 17, verses 9 to 12, my prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I am departing from the world, they are staying in this world, but I'm coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me me your name, now protect them by the power of your name so that they may be united just as we are. During my life, During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one headed for destruction, as the scriptures foretold. The title of this particular message, the theme of these verses as Jesus continues in his prayer, is left alone the day that had to come. Left alone the day that had to come. And one of the key verses is verse 11. Now I am departing the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Jesus' prayer to his father, I'm leaving. They will be left alone. And there's a sense that every parent knows that this day will come. I remember my very first day of school. Now I went off like didn't even look back. Park Street Elementary, grade one. Didn't even look back. and But I'm sure my mom and my dad shed a tear. Maybe they were glad. Ah, finally, free at last! The God Almighty, free at last! Said Martin Luther King. But there are times where we cross that threshold that rite of passage where we move from youthhood to adulthood, where we move from one level to another level. We have been prepared. Our parents know when we are prepared. Uh, God knows when we are prepared. I'm leaving, Jesus said. And it's a day that had to come. The question is, When Jesus left them alone, were they ready? Or why did Jesus leave them alone? That's what we want to look at in verses 9, 10, 11, and 12. He is leaving, and that day needed to come. Are you prepared for a self-sustaining faith? If you were one of the disciples, would you have a faith that could keep you strong in the days that were to come? And what is it that Jesus gave them where he had the confidence, yeah, I can leave them alone. It's time to leave. This day had to come. That's what we're going to look at. What is it that allows you to stand? So Jesus left them alone, first of all, because he never stops praying for them from heaven. The Bible says, my prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you. You have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Jesus is leaving, and he, in his leaving, he starts praying, and he doesn't stop. We'll look at some Bible verses in that, and he is praying for you always, he never stops. We call this intercession. And this prayer is a special type of prayer, and if Jesus had any kind of favorite kind of praying, this would be at the top. He loves to pray for you. The Bible is filled with verses that we will get to in just a moment, and Jesus will eventually pray for the lost, But he is saying explicitly, I'm not praying for them at this point. I am praying for those who are mine that you have given me, Father. It says earlier, they have always been yours. And there's something special about these kinds of prayers. Praying intercessory prayers for his own was one of his favorite activities. It's one of the very few activities where the Bible says that Jesus never stops doing this. It is, cons- is consistent, constant activity even now. You know, intercession is, an intercessor is somebody who stands in between. An intercessor is somebody who advocates who mediates, who stands in the middle. Inter- intercessory prayer is the act of praying for somebody else. It's not about yourself. It's about them. January 8th of this year, Sharon Finley. Now, you don't, may not know Sharon Finley. Sharon Finley, down towards Dartmouth. I had pastored down there many, many years ago, 20, over 20 years ago. And Sharon Finley was my prayer warrior. Sharon Finley, January 8th, I still have the text, was telling me that she had been praying for me. Now, she didn't know that I just finished 30 years of ministry and was beginning a much-needed sabbatical. But she was praying for me, and I began to pray for her. Now, the interesting thing is I had some thoughts as I began to pray for Sharon Finley, and these are the thoughts, and I wrote them down, and I sent them back to her. So I quote, Dear Sharon, Only heaven knows the trials from which your prayers have saved me. The intercession of Jesus for us before the Father based on Romans 8.34, which says, Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. The intercession of Jesus for us before the Father is second only to his atonement. And the best gift Jesus gives to his children. And yet, as good as it is, intercessory prayer, and this is what was coming to my mind, as good as it is, many fail to see imitating Christ in this way as an invitation into the holy. Nor do we see it as our greatest gift to one another. Intercessory prayer may be one of the highest-ranking rewards because on earth, it is one of the hardest to practice. And I'm sure that flows through an imperfect filter, but I'm sure there's some truth in there somewhere. And I sent that to Sharon Finley. I told her I'd be talking about her and Sharon Finley, respond so I can tell the people that you're watching, and I'll tell them your, her, your response. So she's watching there online. The Bible says this in 1 John, Dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate. There's another word for intercessor. We have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. Another verse says this in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. He, speaking of Christ, lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Speaking of the saints, Jesus says, I can go. I'm leaving. I knew this day had to come. Why? The why is because Jesus never stops praying for you. Why should you care that he never stops praying? You know, well, well we 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 care because of what he prays for us. He prays something, and therefore he can leave us in a sense, although through the Spirit he is always with us, It's the nature of what he prays when he's interceding for us that gives him confidence when he sets us to waiting for his return. The first thing, well, let me give you a verse, just so you know I'm not making this stuff up. So here's Peter, and Jesus is speaking to Peter. Peter's name, Simon, Simon Peter, Simon Simon. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. Now, if you know anything about Old Testament customs, and maybe one day I'll talk on this, the permission that God gives to Satan to sift you like wheat, it's not a positive image. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. Ask yourself, how does Jesus pray for you so that he has confidence to leave until he comes back the second time? Well, it's because Jesus intercedes for enduring faith. Why do you keep going on? Why, when you think, I can't handle it anymore, do you end up handling it? Why, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there is no temptation that has taken you. That's not common to everyone. But God is faithful. He will not tempt you beyond what you are able, but he will give you a way out so that you can endure under it. Why? Because he's praying for you. That your faith would not fail. But then there's another reason. Jesus intercedes for christ-like character it's not just that i want you to endure i want you to become like me and so james says this consider a pure joy which is really hard but you have to think of the end result don't think of you're running this marathon of the pain right now think of what it's going to be like when you cross the finish line at 26.2 miles Consider a pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, and they are v- various kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And then it says this let perseverance finish. We often quit too early. What happens when you let perseverance finish? When you let perseverance finish at work, what, what happens? So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Wouldn't that be great? If you, like, you had a spiritual life, and it's not related to pride, but you could say, like, oh, I've got everything I need. We think to ourselves, like, wow, I've got holes in my faith. Okay, I'm leaking But there's more about this intercessor named Jesus. So confident was he in the power of his intercession, Jesus said yes to Satan's request to make Simon Peter suffer. A request not unlike what we see in the book of Job. Just read the first chapter. But Jesus is so confident that not only will Peter's faith not fail, not only will Peter become like Jesus through persevering, but Peter actually gives up selfishness to serve others. That's what it says in the text. Back to Luke 22. At the end, I pray that your faith will not fail, Peter, so that when you have repented and turned to me again, Strengthen your brothers. No, wow! I'm thinking like, I've got nothing to give, Jesus. That's how we feel. What do you mean like strengthen your brothers, strengthen your sisters? I am going to help you to recover, not just so that you can get up off the floor and start walking again, but you are going to recover to the point where you want to give of yourself to others. I love it when the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, We are more than conquerors. Jesus just doesn't make it so that you can just exist. He wants you to experience. We are more than just conquerors. He wants us to get up, he'll clean us off, he'll start us to walk in the end, and then he'll say, bless other people. That's what it means to be more than just a conqueror. Jesus left them alone because he never stopped praying for them from heaven. Next to the the atonement, this is probably Jesus' greatest gift to you. We need to imitate that gift as we pray for others. But another principle, he left them alone because the fullness of the Spirit would replace the absence of the Son. He was gone. And what, filled that gap, the Spirit. Let me say the principle again. The fullness of the Spirit would replace the absence of the Son. And so our key verse here is, now I'm departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. I am out of here, and there's a Jesus-shaped vacuum that's going to be replaced by a Spirit-filled experience. I love that. And he's always telling them. He's just finished in chapter 14 and 15 and 16, telling them all about the Spirit. And now he's down on his knees and he's saying, I'm coming to you. I am leaving, but I am leaving something that's equal to me. You know, Jesus was the only person happy about his departure. It was absolutely ecstatic. He couldn't wait for two reasons. One, he's going back to the glory that he had before he came to this world, and he's really happy about that, getting back to the Trinitarian fellowship that he once had, but he's really happy because of what he's going to send. Your turn, Holy Spirit. And oh, what joy the Spirit would bring to them. The disciples were filled with great sorrow because of it. His departure, and they tried to stop him from leaving, and Jesus rebuked him. He said, Satan, get thee behind me. He was happy because of what he would give them upon his departure, someone equal to himself, and in doing so, the work of Jesus is now and would be available to anyone, anywhere. John chapter 16, there's a lot there, but just a few verses out of that section, he says this, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking, where am I going? He's kind of a little ticked off. I'm leaving. And no one is saying, what's going to happen next? It's as if they're saying, like, I don't want to talk about it. Not one of you is asking. And I don't want to talk about Jesus. I'm talk to the hand, Jesus. That's that's the sense that you get. And not one of you is asking, "Where am I going?" Talk to the hand, Jesus. I don't want you to leave. But he teaches them, "Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away." Because if I don't go away, the advocate will come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. He's ecstatic. I can't wait. They think they're losing. What was lost in Bible commentators say You know, of this verse here. Let me just give you the verse, John chapter 14, verse 12. It says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. And Bible scholars say, what was lost in quality because the Spirit now flowed through flawed believers. Is gained in quantity by the Spirit working through Christians globally. It's the same water of the Spirit, but we as vessels we leak. Jesus had a completely pure. A vessel from which the spirit could fill and and there were so many things that he left behind, but there were things that remained in him, and when the spirit touched his life, wow, as an example, it was all that we needed, and Jesus makes that a model, but we don't do it perfectly, do we Jesus. Did it perfectly. And so we say what was lost in quality is gained in quantity. And the power of Jesus now, the Holy Spirit now gets to fill not just him, but everyone wherever they are. I'm reminded of the song, oh, what's that great spiritual song? There's a hole in my bucket, dear Liza, dear Liza. There's a hole in my bucket, dear Liza, a hole. Well, fix it, dear Henry, dear Henry, dear Henry. Well, fix it, dear Henry. And, and we could go on like that, and we do get fixed. Holes do get plugged, but only when we are filled with the Spirit. Going to leave a chunk out in the teaching because we've got to apply this. The last principle is Jesus left them alone because he never stops praying for us. Jesus left them alone because the fullness of the Spirit would replace the absence of the Son. And he left them alone because he gave them a name powerful enough to do God's will in darkness. Now that makes me shudder. Shudder in awe, but there is one who shudders in just the, staying, the saying of what I just said. You know, in James it says, you say you have faith? Whoop-de-doo. He talks about you know, the enemy Understanding, and there's a certain amount of faith that understanding that he has, but he doesn't apply what he he has, otherwise, he wouldn't have been disobedient. But the Bible does say that he trembles at the name of Christ. The principle here is that he gives us a name powerful enough. For us to be who God wants us to be, not like in perfect circumstances, not like when the sun is shining every day, but in darkness. And it's an utter threat and scares the enemy to death. I love what he says in Matthew. He says, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not be able to stop it. And right there in darkness, I'm going to shine light. Right there in decay, you are going to be salt to retard, to stop that decay. You are salt, you are light, and the enemy can't stop it. And that is what is in my name. So the teaching continues on in our culture. We talk about a name, but, you know, I think about my name, Neville. Like, there's really no significance to it. You know what it means? It's a French derivative. It means the kid from the new town. Whoop-de-doo! <laughs> i figure, like, ah, yeah. You know, but... You know how many names there are in the scriptures? And okay, there's another cultural thing. We don't name our kids according to their purpose. Now, I knew something about the Bible, and I named my kids, because when they step out of line, like I've got an Elijah, and I've got a Josiah, and I've got a prophet Micaiah, and I've got a Hebrew word from the scriptures that means beauty, and I've got a Tepherah. And when they step out of line, Okay, because I'm I'm kind of thinking a little bit about how the Middle Eastern cultures think about they name according to purpose. And when they name Jesus, which is Greek, and the Hebrew for that is Joshua, the word they're thinking, oh, oh well, Joshua means the Lord saves. They're naming according to purpose. And you see this all throughout the Middle East, even today. I want you to focus in a little bit. I'm not sure if you know that there are uh, Edwin, a guy by the name of uh, Elmer Towns wrote a book entitled The Names of Christ. 700 names in the Bible for Christ. And when you apply that Middle Eastern understanding to the text, you realize that each of these names represents, reflects something that is in the name that he has given you. And we'll talk about its practical application. Let's just watch this little clip here, and we will be back.
1: The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough, his grace is sufficient, his reign is righteous, and his yoke is easy, and his burden is lighter. I wish I could describe him to you. Yes, he's indescribable. couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah! That's
0: Mark. My- yeah, can I tell you, there just, there seems to be a certain way that that just needs to be said, doesn't it? That is our King. Now, the Holy Spirit gives you the authority that is in the name of Christ. Let me read the scripture for you. We'll close with this, and then we'll move to the application. He says this, I have revealed you to those you have given me from the world. They are always yours, says verse 6. Now I am departing the world. They are staying in the world, but I am coming to you, Holy Father. You have, given, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they may be united, just as we are. During my time here, I protected them, those that you had given me, by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them, so that not one of them was lost, except the one headed for destruction, as the scriptures foretold. You know, Kim referred to doing things differently. I woke up at four. And you might hear that on occasion. Happened this morning. Uh, Trying to figure out what it was, I had this particular text in my mind and this particular sermon, and I felt that it was time. What God was saying is, remember I said at the beginning that I would teach you, I would tell you how to minister to each other, that we could be family. I think God may have given me a little bit of a solution to that. We can't minister to each other the way we normally do, but we must do so because it is a command. You can't come up here, and I can't lay hands on you because we need to be six feet apart. Uh, But what we can do is we can minister to one another in our bubbles. So what I've decided is uh, there's some anointing oil down here, and you get to pray for people in your bubble. And I know that there are people who are uh, sitting alone. Uh, maybe someone from behind can say a prayer, uh, but the band's gonna come. And they're gonna sing a song entitled, Come to the Altar. And Come to the Altar is a symbol of us really going to the real source, the source of life. And uh, let me just show you what I do because. This, this is somewhat of a practice with which we have become familiar in our family, in our bubble. And so, uh, my beloved, and we're calling this just bless the bubble. Bless the bubble. And so, this is my wife Donna. And uh, when, we fight, when we are in need of more, as We know that the principle is he replaces the son with the spirit. Uh, We need more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Drop the top. I just take the oil and all, vegetable oil. Didn't get it from the Mount of Olives, you know, (laughs) having traveled to Jerusalem and got back just to, okay, it's oil. James chapter five says, you you pray in faith, anointing one another with oil. And I, and what you don't have to do this, do it this way, but it's just a symbol, and she's not coming to me, okay? She's just going to the Lord. Okay, and I just dab it on her forehead, okay, make a cross, it doesn't really matter. Remember, God is not superstitious, but he does respond to us trying to imitate what it says in the scripture. And it says, anoint with oil, oil being a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Donna's in my bubble, so I can get real close to her. And, uh, and I hope that you'll, you'll have the courage to come up here, grab yourself a vial of oil, and just say a simple prayer. Because what we're asking is the Lord to bless the people in your bubble dear God I pray for my beloved wife I ask that you would fill her with your Holy Spirit that is evidenced by more love and joy and peace and also by her to use your gifts that you have given her in a powerful way we ask this in your name your powerful name and so Lord we come to the altar we are coming to you because Lord you say that you want to give us something there is a name that allows us to do your will in darkness and we, it is not within us and the spirit fills us that we may live in the power of your name. Amen. Amen. So we have the oil here. Donna, if you could just set a couple over there. And when you open them up, there's a little extra top there. You just flip that off. Okay? And then you can come and just go back to your bubble and just take a few minutes. Uh, the worship band will will pray and uh and then uh when you're done just bring it back here and natasha she will just kind of rub it down and if anybody else wants to come and bless their bubble if you're here with just friends jump out there be courageous bless your friends and say just sentence prayer none of this long pastoral prayer stuff just god just give them just be specific. If somebody needs a healing, because what we're doing is we're ministering, we're blessing our bubble. The Lord is, brings tears to my eyes. I just want to say a prayer over those of you who are online, and maybe you can run to the kitchen if you have the time, but We're going to intercede for you. Those of you who are near, those of you who are far, those of you who are not here, part of our family, those of you who are just just watching online. Heavenly Father, by the name that you gave us to be able to shine light in darkness, to be able to bring salt of, of healing in the midst of decay, regardless of where people are at, Lord, in your name that you would enter through this camera, to all the different places. That you would bless the bubbles that are represented online. The people in faith, they would just see themselves coming to the altar. That you would fill them with your spirit. And oh, Lord, we long to have Jesus here physically. But we can't. But you have left us all the teaching that we need through the Spirit. And so we reach out to you, Lord. For brothers and sisters who are here, Lord. Lord, we just, we know that it's just oil. We know that it is a symbol, but Lord, you respond to our faith. Give us more of your presence, Father. Because, Lord, oh, we've often said to ourselves, I wish Jesus were here physically. And we long for his return. But, Lord, you, the same presence, you are here in our lives through the Spirit. We love you, Father. Continue to bless us as we minister these last couple of minutes. we simply come to you and teach us what it means that Jesus is enough. Lord, if you could create this world and if you can make Jesus the victor and rise from the dead, Lord, oh Lord, we are living below our potential if if we are living, living defeated lives. Thank you, Lord, that this body has been able to minister Apart from, in a sense, the professionals. Because, Lord, that's really where things just begin to just spread. And, Lord, I ask that, Lord, you would just send healing, that you would send the the water of your spirit and the oil of your spirit across this desert land. Lord, that you would create oases everywhere in homes and in places, Lord, that we never thought possible. Because, Lord, it's a good thing that you departed because the power of Jesus and the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, Lord, can now be everywhere, in everyone, all the time. And, Lord, help us to be a church that is dependent on that. We bless our brothers and sisters online. We bless these people who are here today and be glorified. Amen and amen.